If you are in the process of a divorce, it may be hard to believe, but there is a solution to all the emotional pain that can overwhelm you. Nothing you do will make divorce easy, but there is so much we can do to lessen our anxiety and stress. Lowering our negative emotion load is critical in facilitating our highest and best decision-making capacity. So what is this mysterious way to deal with the seemingly never-ending emotional assaults? Can you really affect change for yourself? The answer may surprise you, even if it does piss you off a little to start with. Stay tuned and I'll explain more. Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. I know, I know. What on earth do you have to be thankful for right now? You were betrayed, maybe cheated on, maybe just emotionally abandoned. Or maybe you decided to file, but not because you ever wanted a divorce. You simply couldn't accept any longer the treatment you were receiving from the one who was supposed to love and cherish you and did everything but that. You're maybe fighting for your financial survival, for custody of your kids to keep them safe and healthy emotionally, if not also physically. What in all of this is there to be thankful for? Well, before I say another word, I want you to know that I understand firsthand the sense of unfairness you undoubtedly feel about everything as you go through your divorce. And then someone coming along and suggesting you be grateful in spite of it all. Well, it's a lot to ask. However, I am asking you. I'm asking you to stop. Take a long, slow, deep breath. Close your eyes if you're not driving. And maybe take one more deep breath. I'm asking you to take all of that and place it carefully in a little basket, close the lid on that little basket, and set it aside for just a few minutes. Let's take a step back. And today, let's choose to challenge our brains in the most positive of ways. Brain, I know this anxiety and stress is simply one of the ways you are trying to protect me. This fight, flight, or freeze that I often feel nowadays is a protective measure long ago instilled in you, brain, to help me avoid real and perceived dangers. I understand that back in the days when people had to forage for food and defend themselves against wild beasts of all sorts, this was a crazy important process. But brain, I don't have to do any of those things now. Most days of my life, I don't have to think much at all about survival. So I want you to know, brain, that as much as I appreciate you trying to take such good care of me, I am releasing you from how that responsibility has gone into overdrive during the death of my marriage. I am releasing you, brain, from thinking that you must be on high alert at all times. I know you will still always protect me when I am truly in danger. But for now, while much of the danger I am perceiving is exaggerated, I am going to try a new way of feeding you, brain. I'm going to actively practice gratitude. 
This way, I can see what all is really possible when my brain runs on the high-octane fuel of thankfulness instead of fear and scarcity. And I get it. Practicing gratitude during divorce can sound a lot like riding a bicycle uphill backwards. But studies show, and I'm here to personally validate, that there is a link between keeping a grateful mindset and an increase in joy, enthusiasm, and just the general feeling that life is okay and that maybe life is even getting better, even through divorce. Research shows that if you keep a gratitude journal, you are more apt to reach out and care for yourself and for others, to offer support to others than those who do not practice the discipline of gratitude. It is probably not news to you that giving and receiving support can help make life easier. That's why you're here after all, right? And that is equally true during divorce as it is for any troubling or trying circumstance of life. There was a study done at the University of California, Davis, where they took subjects in three different categories. They either kept a gratitude journal or they just wrote about their problems or they wrote about something totally neutral on a weekly basis. And at the end of the study, those that were in the gratitude group achieved their goals quicker and they scored higher in feeling positive about their lives. That's a big deal. Psychologists Robert Emmons and Michael McCullough are on the front lines of research in the field of gratitude, and they have found that those who practice written gratitude report an increase in one, their amount of exercise. And we all know the more you move, the better you feel. And two, their optimism about what is happening that week. And who doesn't need more optimism during divorce? Even medical research has been done using EKG technology to measure the effects of gratitude on the heart. And these studies show that practicing gratitude has a positive effect on the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the system that regulates your heart rate, your heart rhythm, your blood pressure, and other body functions. Thoughts influence body functions. And happy thoughts like gratitude increase endorphins or those feel-good transmitters. And of course, angry ones, angry thoughts cause constriction of blood vessels, which can lead to cardiac disease. If you want to feel better, you actually have to start by thinking better. And thinking better starts with being grateful for all the good in your life. Back in 2008, I wrote an article titled The Right Side of the Train. It was published in the Family Journal magazine in Jackson County, Missouri. And I thought of that article again as I planned what to share with you this Thanksgiving week about gratitude. It's not a long article, so I'm just going to start by reading this to you. And then I want to share some tips and thoughts on how you can bring more gratitude into the starting over stronger season of your life. Life is like a train ride. We all must take the train. We don't have a lot of control over the direction it goes. Thankfully, that's up to our engineer. There's no telling what kind of messes we might get ourselves into if we drove the train. Sadly, many are trying with great frustration to do just that. And on this train ride, there is work to do. 
However, there are also many opportunities for each of us to just sit back and enjoy the view. There are windows on both sides of the train and you're free to move about the cabin. But beware, the side you choose to look out will affect how much you enjoy the ride. And don't forget, this ride is your life. Out the windows on the left, you will see all the trials and sorrows you must endure in your life. Some are small, some are overwhelmingly large. Jesus assured us that in this world we would have trouble. And that same verse and others also promise that those troubles will eventually pass us by. Perhaps using this train analogy, it is actually us that is passing them by. We need not focus on these trials because whether we pay them any attention or not, they will happen and they will run their course in our lives and we will pass by them eventually. The train may seem to slow down. It may even feel like it's coming to a complete stop at times, but those trials are going to eventually be behind us, gone if not forgotten. We must be careful not to spend too long looking at the left, for every moment spent there is a moment lost and a moment we will never get back. Meanwhile, out the right side of the train, we can see all of life's blessings and joys. There are so many that we could spend all day looking and still not take it all in. We could try to count them as the old hymns remind us, but they are innumerable. Every moment spent looking out the right is a moment gained, a moment truly lived. We will all occasionally get distracted and glance out the left side for a time, Maybe life demands it for a period, but as the train of our life proceeds down the tracks, we all have a choice to make day by day, hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute, which side of the train are we going to spend our days? Hey, this is Annie. I wanted to stop for just a moment and ask you what you're doing besides listening to this podcast to take care of yourself during your divorce. I mean, after all, if you don't, who will? There are several ways you can join Starting Over Stronger as you heal through divorce. First of all, very exciting news. We just launched the brand new startingoverstronger.com website. Come check it out and become a member so you can stay up to date on all the latest opportunities for support. If you haven't yet, you're also welcome to join our private Starting Over Stronger After Divorce group on Facebook. Denise recently joined there and shared that her divorce is a minute by minute struggle at times. And Gretchen also joined us recently as she faces a difficult separation situation and has all kinds of questions about what to do to protect herself. And of course, the more of you that join this group, the more answers you all can get from each other. And of course, I chip in there too. Now the best spot for answers is in private or group coaching where we can talk specifically about the exact issues that you're facing in a private private format. So you'll also find out more about those on the new website. I watch for you to join both the new website platform and the Facebook group. Remember, the website is just startingoverstronger.com. But the private Facebook group is starting over stronger after divorce. And you will have to answer some questions there. And we make very sure that anybody that joins is someone that belongs. 
So I hope to see you all there soon. I would love to meet more of my listeners and get to know each of you and the situations that you're facing. So I hope to see you there soon. Can you see it now? The train's rumbling along down the tracks. There's lots of people, much activity on board. People are staying busy doing all sorts of things. Some we may define as good, others we may know are evil, or at least detrimental. Can you see the lady who has sat down to take a break? She remembered Jesus' command in Mark 6.31 to get away and rest a while. She gazes contentedly on the right side, iced tea in one hand, smile on her face, her eyes full of joy, even misty with delight at times. Then suddenly, she's disturbed by a noise in her left ear followed by a loud complaint. Instantly, she must choose. She closes her eyes as she tries to avoid the temptation to look at the left. She voices a prayer, asking God to help the person who's struggling, and a second prayer to help her stay focused on her blessings. The complainer is still there, still focused on the trials of his day, still trying to get her wrapped up in worry and fear with him. Misery has always, and unfortunately may always, love company, after all. But she no longer hears the grumbling. All she hears now is the laughter coming from the window to her right, the laughter of her children. This poignant analogy is the principle and why I keep a gratitude journal. My gratitude journal is a small, simple, blank journal which lives on my nightstand Each night as I climb into bed, I write at least three blessings from that day. Some days are so easy that I might even write more than three. Other days I come to my journal and discover that I have spent a lot of time that day looking out the wrong side of the train, leaving me struggling to think of even one thing to write. I've completely missed all the blessings that went by me on the right. I have learned that even though I'm sometimes not choosing to focus on them, There are always blessings going by me. It is never or certainly rarely worth taking my gaze off my blessings for too long, because then I must borrow from yesterday's instead of being able to enjoy all the new joys that God has given and intended for me for that day. My thankful journal has taught me that neglecting to be intentionally thankful makes life seem more negative, but a heart full of thanksgiving has room, very little room for worry, fear, and cynicism. And only then can we fully experience every good and perfect gift we are given from above. You can start your own thankful journal today. And then remember this little analogy about the train ride of your life. So you can choose to spend your days with a rightful view of all that you are blessed with each day. So as you are hopefully experiencing, as you listen to this folksy train analogy, Your energy and zest for life goes where your thoughts are. If you focus on your misery, then misery is what you're going to keep experiencing and in a more deep and profound way. A divorce coaching client of mine recently was sharing about how miserable she felt with having to work extended hours with her full-time job along with a part-time job when time permitted in between taking care of three growing kids and teens, mostly on her own, when she suddenly had a revelation. She got up from her left side seat on the train and moved over to see what was on the right. She had a job when many were unemployed. 
she was able to pay for her household expenses and her kids' activities without incurring debt. Her kids were able to spend the majority of their time when they were not at school or work with their mom and in a much healthier, happier, more peaceful home than they previously had. After turning this negativity around into gratitude, there was a shift in other areas in her life. She found that the more she wrote those three little entries in her thankful journal, the better she was feeling and performing in her daily demanding schedule. When she changed her attitude, she started to enjoy the actual work she was doing at her job, the camaraderie of her coworkers, the peace and joy in her home that used to be filled with tension and pain. And practicing gratitude in one area, such as just being glad to have a job, spilled over into other parts of her life. And gratitude is like that. I want you to think of practicing gratitude as just that, practice. You're not going to be amazing at it at first. You will get better as time goes on, like working out. Our muscles get larger and stronger the more we train. So start by listing three to five items that you're grateful for every day in a journal. Don't be generic. You can be thankful for each kid by name, but if you have three kids, that's not your three things for the day. (laughs) Don't cheat. For me, one of these entries can be as simple as a latte sipped from a real mug with my hands wrapped around it and nothing else to do, even just for five minutes. Another entry for me might be something big, like seeing an old journal entry and realizing how far I have come from the woman I was the day I wrote that three or five years ago. Flipping back through to see what I was thankful for over the last weeks, months, and then eventually even years motivates me to do more of the things that have brought me joy and fulfillment in the past. I might be more intentional about getting at least one coffee date with a friend on each weekly calendar or have more frequent outings with my kids one-on-one or with an elderly friend who needs more on her social calendar. The more I routinely write in my gratitude journal at bedtime, the better I sleep. And the more I find myself looking for things to be grateful for as I go throughout my days, which in turn increases my joy in life, even as I faced the sometimes cruel realities of my divorce. And the same is true for you. Life can be drudgery, or it can be interesting, depending upon your focus. When you look for the positives, you do find them. So challenge yourself to find several of them every day. This won't just benefit you. It will actually impact your children. If one item you're thankful for is having fun with your kids, just think how making enjoyable events with them maybe a pizza and movie night once a week or whatever works for your family. When you make that a priority, you're going to reduce not only your stress, but theirs as well. And if a parent is more relaxed and appreciative during this turbulent time of divorce, this can favorably affect the kids, even the pets in the home. 
Starting Over Stronger is now offering a Divorce 123 online class for anyone who needs to understand the cycles of dysfunctional relationships and whether you've tried everything so you can move forward without regret to decide if divorce is the answer or if there's still hope for meaningful change and to get past the fear of the future to take the necessary steps for your health and the health of those you love, such as your kids. Get all your questions answered in just two hours on the first Saturday of December. Isn't it about time you put your needs first? Visit startingoverstronger.com and scroll down the homepage for the Divorce 123 event to get your questions answered and register today. And when we go through something difficult, of course, it's easier to focus on what's wrong with life than what's right. But when we're intentional to concentrate instead on the good, we feel a whole lot better to deal with the bad. Studies consistently show that people who are positive and live longer, more fulfilling lives are people who choose gratitude. And it is a choice. Even if some doctor somewhere along the way has told you that you have fill in the blank diagnosis, anxiety, depression, insomnia, fibromyalgia, I could go on all day. That does not mean that gratitude won't work for you. In fact, I won't digress to my thoughts on diagnoses of the American medical system, but I will simply say this. Many of these diagnoses are simply labels for a set of symptoms. There is still a causation, which oftentimes is, in my opinion, not dealt with. There are still natural remedies that reduce and eliminate these symptoms. And those include eating whole foods in the right frequency and amount for your body, eliminating processed foods, being out in nature, hydrating well, moving your body in a variety of ways, and improving the way your brain functions around your life. These are some of the main ways you can reduce or eliminate negative emotional and physical symptoms in your life without drugs, without surgeries, without feeling saddled with a lifelong condition that you just have to suffer with. You have to train yourself to look for the good in life and choose the good in life. And the more you do this, the more it helps to change the focus in your mind from poor me to seeing yourself becoming a happier, more empowered version of you, the real you. This is a great strategy for divorce and beyond. And if you haven't heard me say it before, I will gladly say it again. Living your life from a victim mentality will kill your soul. My challenge to you today, right from this moment, is to find a blank notebook lying around your house somewhere or go buy one and start your gratitude journal today. You can't wait. You need this energy and vitality in your life as you go through divorce, and only you can give it to yourself. And here's how. Write three to five things you're grateful for every day, even if it is as simple as being grateful for a roof over your head, food to eat, clean air to breathe. But there's one rule. 
once you've written something down, you don't get to use it again. You don't get to write, I'm thankful for my house, my kids, and my car every single day. You have to come up with three to five new things each day. And trust me, you're never going to run out. Ideally, you would write in your journal either first thing in the morning or just before you go to sleep. And there is a scientific reason for this because our brain is more open and willing to receive positive messages when we are in that sort of sleep-wake crossover state. Um, So that is a very important thing. Do it right when you wake up or just before you go to sleep. Don't tell yourself you don't have time to do this. You do. It takes less than five minutes, and that five minutes will do you so much more good than five more minutes of sleep. So you cannot say you don't have time. Plus, it's a great way to start the day on a positive note. You can also speak notes into your phone or make a habit of saying your three to five things that you're grateful for as you're brushing your teeth or as you're taking your shower. Whatever you do, commit to it and do it every day from today until the day your divorce is final. And by then you will have seen the results and you will know that you need to do it every day for the rest of your life. The more you can fill your head with gratitude, the more you will replace the negative thoughts that seem to drown you sometimes, and the more of a shift you will start to see in your world. You will not only be the source of gratitude for yourself and your kids, but it will have a ripple effect to those all around you. There's nothing that makes you feel better faster than getting out of your own head and your own mess and taking the time to shift your eyes from the things that you were wallowing in that were bringing you down and focusing instead on what you have and what you love. And this is especially true in divorce. It's so common during this time to focus on loss, what you don't have, what you didn't get, what you haven't gotten, what you're maybe not going to get, what your soon-to-be ex has in comparison to you, what you think you should be getting that's fair or not fair. And of course, there are important strategies for executing well to prevent outcomes that can devastate. But instead, choose to show attention to what you have received, gained, and been blessed with, and watch your world open up. Abundance like you have never known can be yours, but you have to first choose the discipline of gratitude. What we focus on grows bigger. So why are we focusing on problems and pain? Attract more of what you want in your life. Speak it into existence. And suddenly you'll see less of what you don't want will be in your life. Gratitude can be like the light on that lighthouse as you're coming in from a storm, you're breaking free, you're making your way toward the new land that you have created for yourself in your new life. And remember, you're so close. You're just a few more steps from your new life. So I want to leave you with this final thought from my favorite, hopefully yours, Brene Brown. After collecting countless stories about joy and gratitude, Brene writes in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, that without exception, every person who described living a joyful life actively practiced gratitude. These people kept gratitude journals. They wrote thank you letters. They offered gratitude prayers. 
They created gratitude art or took gratitude walks. They actively participated in a gratitude practice every day. And Brown's suggestion is that we are a nation hungry for more joy because we're starving from a lack of gratitude. And she goes on to say, if we're not practicing gratitude and allowing ourselves to know joy, we are missing out on the two things that will actually sustain us during the inevitable hard times. Don't miss it. Start your gratitude journal today. Jump on over to the Starting Over Stronger After Divorce Facebook page. Join now if you haven't already. There's just a few simple membership questions and you can share your gratitude journey with others that are on the divorce journey. In fact, take a picture of your journal, the cover of it, or of a page that meant a lot to you. Share with us there what a difference it makes in your life to practice gratitude. And then I look forward to seeing you again here next Wednesday for more help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger. Happy Thanksgiving.